everybody, it's Danny Gokey, and you're listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. When I became uh, a teenager, I kind of strayed and, you know, wanted to party and have fun. I wanted to kind of, you know, uh, try, my, try my hand at, uh, at the, what the world had to offer. Got a few bumps and bruises. I um, gave my heart to God. Today I speak with Kevin LaVar, award-winning singer-songwriter, author, and now founder of a very important ministry, The Forgiveness Campaign. This is the 47th episode of On Faith's Edge. Yes, yes, I hear you. I hear you. I know. I know it's been a while. It's been a long time. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Welcome to On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with people of faith in business and entertainment from all walks of life and levels of success. They all have one thing in common. Like Kevin LaVar, they believe in God and they come here to talk about it. Last episode, we spoke with Pastor Bobby Schuler. Now, if that name sounds familiar, Bobby is the grandson of beloved Pastor Robert Schuler. Bobby and I talk, talked about uh, the Crystal Cathedral, the troubles it's seen in recent years, and how Bobby, following his own path and ministry that God has set before him, is reviving the Hour of Power Ministries. Up next, I speak with Kevin LaVar. Kevin is an award-winning singer-songwriter and author. His most recent project, The Forgiveness Campaign at theforgivenesscampaign.org, is changing lives across the country and the world. Hello, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. You may be best known for your hit gospel single, Your Destiny, which is, uh, of course, available at Amazon.com. Last year, your group, Kevin LaVar and One Sound released Destiny, live at the Dream Center. Tell us about this project. Uh, Well, you know, this record really, uh, I did it at the Dream Center a few years back. recorded it live and uh, it was just, I mean, three thirty-five hundred people of all different nationalities. I mean, it, it really was like a rainbow of, uh, of color in there and just, you know, so many different backgrounds and, um, the energy was just so live. And, um, uh, I did it there because the dream center have, uh, they have a, uh, a program. It's like a life center that they do and people can come from all over the world and literally, uh, they, they love them back to life. Um, you know, from prostitutes to gangbangers, drug dealers, you name it, um, people that were homeless, they can come and they'll give them Christ. They'll help them with the education. They'll help them with getting a job. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I felt, you know, really called by God to, to that, that would be the place that I did my live recording because my CD is all about destiny. It's all about dreams. It's about, um, doing what you were created to do. And so that's, of course, that's what we call the destiny live at the dream center. So, um, we've been getting, uh, just so many testimonies about people who've been blessed by the first single, which is called your destiny. And then of course, um, the record um, as a whole as well. So we're just so excited, Joe. Your, your destiny is a beautiful song. 
And if you don't mind, at yeah. the end at the end of our at the end of our time here, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that as an exit out of the interview. But uh, it's an absolutely beautiful song. So what what prompted you to do to do this particular project uh, uh, at this particular time live at the Dream Center? Wow. Um, well, I kind of uh, I really do do a lot of just um, prayer and and just kind of asking God, okay, Lord, lead me. What's what's the next record? Like, what do you want me to say? I'm I'm very um, as an artist, um, I I listen for a theme. You know, was, you know, what are you saying in this season? My first record mm. was called Let's Come Together. And it was all about reconciliation. And, and it was a worship record, just a beautiful worship record. And, and so the Lord was like, you know, for this record, I want you to sing to me, talking about the first record. But when it came uh, to this next record, I just felt such a sense of destiny. And I wrote a book called Destiny Bridge, Better Believe God. And so um, after we put the book out, at the same time, the Lord was all these songs were coming. And through the years, I wrote songs that I knew would end up on this project. And it's, it's just, you know, so that's why, that's why we decided to do it now. It was just a time for destiny. And I tell people all the time, A Heart That Forgives was on the first record. But I believe that it was supposed to be on that record and be introduced then because you can't have destiny without forgiveness. You know, um, I, I genuinely believe that um, all that God would want to do can be hindered by bitterness and, mm. and, and pride and just holding on to grudges. I believe it shuts, it shuts, shuts down purpose. And, um, and so that, that's why we are, uh, so such, such an emphasis on, uh, on this record with destiny. And my label asked me, uh, my distribution company asked me if I would put a heart that forgives on this CD as well. And so we did because they felt like there were so many people that had never heard a heart that forgives um, from the first record. And it's amazing because people all over the world have been responding, even from, you know, they're still responding to a heart that forgives. So I don't know where this thing is going to end up. I, I know it's a beautiful, beautiful project, but you also mentioned something else. Uh, Kevin, you're a busy man. Holy smokes. You're a busy man. You've got, you've got, of course, this, uh, uh, this album project live at the dream center. Uh, and you mentioned a new book that you have coming out. Tell us about the book. Yeah, well, we released like a soft release earlier. It's called Destiny Bridge, Better Believe God. I had a dream um, some years ago when I first stepped off my job and just really trusted God and just said, you know, I heard the Lord say, okay, it's time, you know, to, to, to take that leap of faith and, and to go into ministry full time. And, you know, my first month, off my job, I mean, so many opportunities were coming. I mean, I made, you know, way more money than I was making on my job. And then after that, then the wilderness began. Then the process began. And, and uh, <laughs> I kind of felt like God kind of kept that part from me. But he was growing my faith. He was really teaching me uh, what ministry was all about. And that ministry wasn't just about singing on the stage. He told me, they go to noonday prayer. And so every day I would be in noonday prayer and I would leave noonday prayer from 12 and I'll leave by 1, 1, 15, 1, 30. And then I would go up into the main sanctuary and I would practice just me in this big, you know, sanctuary five and six hours, just on the piano, worshiping and writing songs. And um, I didn't start playing piano until I was 20 years old. A lot of people said I was too old, you know, to start piano. You know, many kids started three and four and five, but God gave me the gift to play. And now I've written, I don't know, hundreds of songs now, and, and this is what I do for a living. But back then on that season of 
wilderness. It was really hard. And I remember when I wanted to give up one day because I just kind of felt like I was wasting my life. I was like, God, you know, where are you? You know, I thought I'd have the record deal by now. This is back in 2005, 2004. And I'm saying, God, where are you? And, and I remember, you know, he was like, just hold on. And I had this dream and I, I detailed the dream in the first chapter of the book. And it's called, you know, that's like I said, Destiny Plays Dead of Believe God. And it, it's a life manual for dreamers. I, I really do believe God's given me something. And it's a very short read, less than 100 pages. Hmm. really is like a manual. Um, but I really believe that God has given me something to help people to get out of them what he's put on the inside of them. So that's kind of how the music even came, because the music, all the songs and the messages of this new record, Destiny, um, has actually come from this book, Destiny Bridge. Wow. Wow. You know, uh, amazing things happen when, when we, when we follow the prompting of God and we, and when we're open to wherever he takes us and he's taken you through this, uh, through a music, uh, through a music career, uh, now an author, but I tell you what, you know, what I'm most intrigued about Kevin is your forgiveness yeah. campaign. This really yeah. intrigues me, man. Uh, you have a goal of inspiring 1 million acts of forgiveness. This campaign is restoring families, repairing friendships, strengthening communities. And it's really, it's really catching fire. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, tell, tell us about the, tell us about the forgiveness campaign. Well, the song of heart that forgives that I wrote some years ago, um, as I was recording this song, I went in the studio and I just, I thought to myself, Hey, I've forgiven everybody. I'm just going to sing this song. I, you know, I don't have anything left in my heart against anybody. So I'm just going to sing this song for the people, you know? And so I got, got in the studio and was getting ready to record it, started singing it. And then I began, I began to feel it more than I thought I would. And I began to get choked up and, and, uh, and it was powerful. It was raw. It was very transparent. When I got to the end of the song, I almost said, I don't know if I want to put this out. This might be a little too transparent, you know? <laughs> well, I don't want to be crying on my record. And I, I you know, and, but I, and Faith was like, you know, all right, you know, I'm going to put it out. I almost didn't put it on the record. I almost was going to go with another song, but thank God I did. But, you know, when this song uh, was released, um, so many people called uh, as we went on TVN and talked about it, and I sang the song. So many people called and said, um, you know, I've, I've been hurt, you know, and one lady came up to us in New York City and said, my father, he impregnated me twice. He just died and he never said he was sorry. You know, I mean, people have come and said, uh, one woman said to me, uh, a, a little girl that my husband and I raised as our own daughter. She was a, she was a, 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 a niece of theirs and raised and as she got older, her husband actually cheated on her with the niece and they have gone and gotten married <laughs> and oh and gosh. now this woman is this, this this niece is grown and her husband has left her gone and got married and had kids with the niece that they both raised but she has said you know i've forgiven him i mean testimonies and stories i would have never even dreamed of people are dealing with all kinds of stuff and love begin to put it on my heart this is this is more than than just a song this is this is a movement this is a campaign this can be um a bomb people all over the world that are dealing with hurts and uh, and they just can't seem to get over it because something about hurt if you don't deal with it it really does become a stronghold of bitterness 
And um, and it's really tough because it can ruin everything. The scripture says when you're bitter, it just spoils everything around it. And so I'm just grateful to God. So that's why we started this campaign, uh, to inspire one million acts of forgiveness. And actually, we want way more than one million, but we're just giving it a one. That, that's where we're starting. You'll start low, uh, because, huh? Because, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start low. But <laughs> truth be told, hey, truth be told, we could go one million per state in just the United States. You know, not to mention the world. And I'm so excited about this campaign because I'll be singing this song, A Heart That Forgives, till the day that I die. I genuinely believe that out of all the songs that I've written, that this song has had the most impact on people. It's, it's amazing. You know, when I was looking into uh, your forgiveness campaign, and that's probably not the right way to say it. This is God's forgiveness campaign that, that he put, uh, that he's just using you as an instrument. Uh, and God wants us to forgive. Uh, if we can just go back, those of us who, who are believers and not everybody who listens to the show is a believer, but those of us that are believer, believers, uh, go back to the, to the time that you realized, uh, that, that Jesus Christ died for your sins and, 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 and forgave you, uh, of, of all of your sins that you've ever committed, never will commit. And what a release that was. And now take that, take that same gift and give it away. It's just an amazing thing that God has put on your heart. Kevin, when I was looking at your website at uh, theforgivenesscampaign.org, I was reading some of the, some of the stories of forgiveness. Here's one example. My husband just left me and has never come back home due to alcohol addiction and his family. I chose to forgive him in my heart. That's from EP in Bronx, New York. What are what are some of your most the most touching forgiveness stories? Well, definitely one of the ones that we just mentioned about the young lady. But um, there was another gentleman um, who heard me sing the song "A Heart That Forgives" in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, he's from Los Angeles. And as I was singing it, he uh, began to just weep in his seat, and um, he testified to me later. He said, um, "My son." My 17-year-old son was uh, murdered, mistaken identity. Just came up to him and blew him away and uh, thought he was somebody else. And um, and as you were singing the song, oh, my God, he said, I forgave the man that murdered my son. And yeah, I just had a son. Um, my son is 10 months old, and um, I, can't, I, I can't imagine how I would feel if someone killed my son, you know, and not to mention just killed him, but killed him because they mistake they mistook mistook them for somebody else. And um that right there, you know, is just um just a small um a portion of the testimonies that we've gotten in. Yeah. Um and it's just but there's so much life, you know, on the other side of forgiveness. And I see how God um, has healed people um when they have made the choice and the decision to forgive. Not a lot of people like to talk about it. Um, they kind of like to hold on to their grudges, but then that's the reason why they're stuck in, sometimes we can get stuck. <laughs> you know? right. It's like we can get stuck and we don't even realize why we're so stuck, but it's because we're holding on. And a lot of times we think we're doing that person um, a disservice or we think we're hurting them when actually, in many of the cases, they don't even know that they offended us. Some of the cases, they're dead and gone. Some of the cases, they know and they don't care. Right. So, it's really, it's really about us and, and the condition of our heart. What, what a, what a, what an amazing campaign you got going here. Uh, 
you know, truly, truly lives are being changed and, and set in a new direction simply by forgiveness, simply by forgiveness, man. Uh, good, good stuff. Uh, and, and again, that website is the forgiveness org. Check it out, man. Your heart, your heart will be touched by it. Absolutely touched. Hey, hey, Kevin, this show is about faith. Specifically, I want to talk about your faith and how you live out your belief in God. How did you come to belief in Jesus Christ? Well, I had parents that loved Jesus, and they kept us in church and Bible study and, you know, just listening to, to gospel music. And, and my, my father was a preacher, but he was a, he was a man that loved to pray, and he spent time on his knees. And I remember I would go downstairs to get something to eat in the middle of the night as a little boy, and I would hear my father in the corner downstairs in the dark living room praying as I was going to the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, and so these are the memories that I had when my brother and I were little. My dad would drop us off at elementary school, and uh, before we could get out the car, we had to quote two scriptures, and that was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he who's within me than he that is within this world. And so that those were the two scriptures that that we had to recite every single day. Um, so that was the foundation that I had. And so Sunday school after Sunday school and, you know, Tuesday night Bible study and Saturday, you know, morning uh, choir rehearsal and you name it. You know, of course, all the activities that, that took place in the church. That really gave me a foundation. Um, but as a teenager, and, and as many of us do, when I became uh, a teenager, I kind of strayed and, you know, wanted to party and have fun. Wanted mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, uh, try my try my hand at uh, at the, what the world had to offer. And got a few bumps and bruises. I um, gave my heart to God for the last time. Um, well, I can almost say for the for the for the first time for real uh, is when I was. Uh, 18, and uh, I was in my senior year of high school, and uh, I just told the Lord, I some of my actions had kind of backed me into a corner. I messed around throughout school. A lot of my friends were getting ready to go off to these D1 colleges, and I had to really take the school seriously. I was all about basketball, and I was all about, uh, you know, singing in this R&B group. Wasn't thinking about anything but girls, girls, girls. And so my grades were average and, uh, and subpar, and I remember my senior year of high school then seeing my friends getting ready to get, they're getting acceptance letters from the schools of their choice. And and I remember I said, man, it's too late for me. And I prayed a prayer. I said, God, you know, I don't know what you could do in my life. You know, I said, as an 18 year old, I'm saying this to God. I said, God, I I really messed it up bad. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I said, God, you know, uh, whatever you, you know, whatever you could do with it, it's yours. Um, it's yours now from this point forward, it's yours. And it is amazing what God has done in these 20 years of living. Um, since that, that prayer, I gave my heart to God and I began to tell my friends in high school about it. And some of them came to know Christ. It was just amazing. So that, that was my, that was where my journey really began, um, 20 years ago. You asked about the song, um, your destiny, you know, um, you know, that song, it, it talks about the choices and, and you know, this, there's an ups and downs, I mean, but he's been faithful, you know, I mean, my faith has been challenged, you know, walking with the Lord, you know, it's not always easy because we're learning how to 
uh, no longer depend upon uh, our, our senses, you know, the, you know, speaking of taste and touch and smell and sight and hearing, but we're, we're learning to depend on faith, faith in the Word of God and, uh, and living and walking by faith. And that takes development. That takes really growth and practice. And so these t- last 20 years, I've definitely had my, uh, my valley low uh, experiences, but they've taught me so much about the grace of God, how much he loves us, how much like my 10-month-old son who man, was walking, but when he first started walking, he would stumble and he would fall. But I wasn't upset with him. I was so excited that he was trying to walk. And I think God, he, you know, he loves us so much more than we could possibly love our own children that he gets so excited that we're learning to walk, that he's not He's not so focused on the time that we fall, but more so about the fact that we have a desire to get back up and, and to walk like him. And so that that's what I've learned in these 20 years. And I, I'll share quickly that um, that song, Your Destiny, actually came when I was in a tight season where I was just tempted above what I thought was my, my measure. I mean, I just, my testimony is uh, that, um, my, when I was 18, well, see, I gave my heart to the Lord at 18, but from 15 to 18 was when I really tried to go buck wild. And <laughs> my issue and my thing was girls. I just, you know, it was girls. And so that's all I thought about. And so, you know, I remember when I was 18, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, God, in that same prayer, I said, God, uh, I got to hurry up and get married. You don't have to send me a wife because you know I can't hold out, Lord, for no long time. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I know God was sitting back there laughing because, and I tell you that he kept me for 15 years. Wow. 15 wow. years, 15 years, celibate. With, and, and, and let me tell you something, that was a miracle because I was so, you know, I mean, it was, that's all I thought about was girls, but he, he kept me, you know. Was it hard at times? More than you could know. I mean, and maybe you would know, because I know we've all have been tempted, but it was tough, man. And I came upon, it was 15 years, but around that 12-year mark, man, I hit a season where I almost walked away from God because it just got so hard. Um, It got really hard, and I just didn't think I'd be able to uh, hold out. And in the midst of that season, that song, Your Destiny, was written. God gave me that song. Um, and, and I believe that's why so many people are holding on to that song and gravitating to it because um, that song helped me. It pulled me through. It got me to the finish line as it pertained to, you know, you know, living a, a, an abstinent walk until I actually got married. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what's going to happen next. It's number 11 on Billboard right now, and it's moving up the charts. More and more radio stations are starting to play it. Wow. So uh, we'll see where we end up. We're, I said, we believe God is going to go number one, which would mean even more people heard it. What an exciting time for you, man. But I got to tell you, it's been, it's been a long journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Kevin, let's do a round of instant insight into Kevin LaVar. This is where, this is where I'll simply ask you quick questions and you simply answer with questions with answers. That'll make us feel like your best friend when we're done. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what single person in Kevin, you're not allowed to say Jesus, had the biggest impact in your life? Um, my father. 
Your father. My father. Without question. With, without question, my father. Because there were times when, there were times after I left my job and I questioned my faith, he was there to give me a push in the back. Mm. And, and they said, you know what? I know people don't understand, uh, but you hold on. You keep going. And so I would, I would have to say my dad. And of course now everybody can see, oh, yes, Kevin's going to do great things. Though they didn't see it back when, you know, my dad was encouraging me and I felt like giving up. So I would have to say my dad. The most exciting thing I ever did was? Be there when my wife delivered my son. What's your son's name? Put, his name is Justice Emanuel. Justice? Justice Justice Emmanuel, yeah. Great. And so the, 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 when they put a boy in my arms for the first time, that was the most that was the most exciting thing by far. I'm afraid of not practicing what I preach. I, I want to be real. I, I never want somebody to listen to my music and then hear something that I did that would cause them to want to disregard every moment that they had with God because they were listening to me, you know, and I, you know, so it's like, man, I, I never want to be a stumbling block for anybody. Mm. And so that, that's always my prayer. Like, you know, I just want to be, I want to be authentic. I want to be real. Um, I don't want to get caught up, man, in all the stuff that comes with what we do, you know? Right. Um, I don't want to get so caught up in uh, the increase in the financial benefits of doing music for a living um, and people knowing who you are and autographs you got to sign and people want to take pictures every time you sing and all of that stuff and forget that um, it's really about telling people about Jesus. Amen. And, and that's the most important thing. So, I mean, honestly, if I was afraid of anything, and I usually wouldn't even say I was afraid, but I would say you know, that that would be it. What single Bible passage has the most meaning to you? The entire chapter of Jeremiah. And the reason I said because that was when Jeremiah was, you know, getting called by God. And, and, and you know, I, I can't, you know, recite it verbatim, but it was like God was telling Jeremiah, you know, you say not that I'm a child. Uh, for I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you the words to say. And so, uh, and it was God validating Jeremiah and affirming him and letting him know that regardless of what other people thought, regardless of what they thought he was qualified, God was qualifying him. And, uh, and it was God reassuring him that they would fight against him. But he said, but when they fight against you, don't worry, because I'll be with you. <laughs> and he told Jeremiah, he said, the church and the world will fight against you at some point in your life. He said, but don't worry, because they won't prevail, because I'll be with you. So I would have to say Jeremiah chapter 1. Kevin, when your son Justice is a man, what do you want him to be able to say about you? Oh, man. That I was faithful to God. That I was faithful to his mother. Um, that I loved him, and I was honest. I mean, I love people, um, but I was a good example, you know, and not that I was perfect, but that, um, you know, that I was, I was gracious to him and I allowed him to make mistakes. I wasn't too hard on him, but I loved him 
and I did for him when I loved him. I loved him out of, mm. you know, I, I just want him to, I want him to be able to say, you know what, well, my dad was there for me, you know, through the ups and the downs. And, and um, that's an interesting, I don't think any, nobody's ever asked me that question. That's, that's a, that's a great, great, great question. Um, that's what, man, I just want to leave a legacy for him of, uh, of consistency, of love. Like my, you know, what do I want him to say? I want him to say, man, my dad loves Jesus and my dad loves me. Kevin, here you are, you're an accomplished musician and author, author now. Um, but what does success mean to you today? Success, honestly, at the very core means I'm really reaching people when I'm touching people with my music, right? When I put something out, people's lives are being changed. Like, honestly, like success, success for me would be, you know, millions upon millions of people, um, you know, lives being changed. Like, I mean, just, you know, world tour is what I see. I see world tour and just going from stadium to stadium, pouring into lives of people, uh, letting them see Jesus and how it really is. And, and then having an encounter with God, their own personal encounter with God, um, through something that somebody was doing that was on the stage with me, if not me, myself, um, that, that honestly is success. And I'm looking forward to that. So I think we've been somewhat a success so far, but um, I've seen what we can accomplish, and, and I believe we'll get there. Fine, finally, Kevin, as we wrap up, what would you say to, to someone that is right on faith's edge about to make that choice to believe or not to believe in God? Take a leap. Take that step off and trust God because a life with God is so exciting. And if you cultivate your relationship with God and spend genuine time with Him, you know, like, like you would a relationship um, a romantic relationship, you know, you have to invest time in that relationship for that person to get to know you and you to know them. I would say spend that kind of quality time with God. God put it on my heart toward the end of last year to do a, uh, a little challenge with my group, my singing group, my musicians. And so every day we decided that we were going to tie our day. And so we started spending two hours and 24 minutes with God, whether it was in our word, reading the Bible or in prayer or listening to music, worship music or whatever. But we just gave God two hours and 24 minutes. And it was absolutely amazing what the Lord did at the end of that 21 day, um, you know, consecration that we did. And so I would encourage whoever it might be that might be listening right now to go ahead and take that leap of faith because uh, I believe God wants to take you on a journey that will literally blow your mind. I don't think we can say anything more than that, Kevin. The uh, The album is Kevin LaVar and One Sound, uh, Destiny, live at the Dream Center. The book is called Destiny. Is that correct, Kevin? Yeah, Destiny Bridge. Destiny, Destiny Bridge. And uh, I tell you what I'm most excited about is the forgiveness campaign. This is going to change lives, Kevin. The forgiveness campaign, a campaign at theforgivenesscampaign.org. Kevin, thank you so much for hanging out today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. God bless you, brother.
Kevin's book, Destiny Bridge, as well as Destiny Live at the Dream Center, is available at Amazon.com. Of course, all the links mentioned today can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 48. Again, that's onfaithsedge.com slash 48. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you again to Kevin Lavar for being with us. And thank you for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real and eternity is now. Let's go out and live like it. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you.